tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good game, TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Hello, AfterBuzzers! Welcome back to Public Morals Season 1, Episode 8, No Crazies on the Street. I'm Roxy Stryer, alongside an amazing panel and a very, very special guest. Starting with you, Christina Kaplan, where can the people find you? Hello, guys. You can find me on Instagram or Twitter at Tina Kapp. Phil Svitek. I must be the special guest. Um, No, no, no. You're special, but you're not the special guest tonight. Fair enough. Because, ooh, I, I love Woo-hoo! that we, we just bumped the music up in, in anticipation of Aaron Dean Eisenberg, who is on Skype with us tonight. Hello, Aaron. What's up, y'all? If, in case you guys are watching on iTunes, uh, he did, like, the party boy hands with that. Kind it's of a surfer hang boy. Loose. It's Hawaii. Hang loose. Party hands? Yeah, it's hang loose. Oh, what are party hands? Party, party, party hands. hands. Those are party hands to me. What, what do you call them? Hang loose? Okay, Roxy. Roxy. Yeah. I, I'm just not the trendiest, I guess, these days. Uh, we're so, so happy yeah. that you can join us, though. Uh, it's very exciting. We're going to talk all things Richie and the amazing things you're doing with your character. Awesome. All right, so guys, in case you are on iTunes and you don't know, we're also on YouTube, we're on SoundCloud, uh, we're at AfterBuzzTV.com. You can tweet at us or on Instagram at AfterBuzzTV. So make sure you keep the conversation going with us, uh, especially if you have questions for any of our guests and, and want to get them. And that's how we booked them. We booked most of our guests through Instagram and Twitter and I, all that. I got to say. Just Twitter, not Instagram. Oh, fine. Well, <laughs> it was really cool because all Slid the... Slid into those DMs like, what up? A, a lot of the uh, fans were tweeting at the guests to come on it, too. And then, you know, they kind of connected us. So that's you guys. Congratulations, AfterBuzz and Public Morals fans. Round of applause for you. <laughs> All right. So overall thoughts on tonight's episode. Uh, we're eight episodes in. We only have one week left. It's two hours, but one week. What did you think of tonight, Christina Kaplan? Well, usually I watch the episode twice because I feel like I uh, there's so much that happens. And this time I only watched it once, so I'm kind of all over the place with this episode and I of course left my notes outside but anyways it's um, okay you're still trapped yes, you got everything yes, up there yes. I thought that some interesting things are happening definitely with Bernadette and Moose and Vince I this is like I've been saying for the last couple of weeks I feel like Vince has, is losing control of all of his connections and tonight that really happened because Moose basically said I don't want to deal with you anymore because you're messing around with my niece. Send somebody else. Mm-hmm. So he's losing control. He's thinking that he's going to be also losing his job since that's, you know, being tossed around the... Uh, the Word on the street. Word on the street is somebody's losing their job. So on the he's, New York streets. So Vince, I feel like Vince is about to lose it. He's... Everything's happening bad for him. I'm, and... I'm, 
I wasn't done, Phil. She has a lot of thoughts on the episode. (laughs) I mean, we're doing a full recap show. No, I was just going to make one more point that um, I'm so happy we finally saw the Richie and Rusty part one of their head-to-head matchup tonight. Yeah, it was a big blow, absolutely. Speaking of that, you know, uh, the war and that we're at war has been kind of tossed around, and I've used that phrase, and, and tonight's episode was very much, it wasn't a war, it's been literally just a battle. You know, because and the reason I define it as a battle because it's Rusty who's doing all of the quote unquote what we've defined as war, and I don't think what I'm excited for is that it will be a war next episode. It is, it is Rusty, but it's also Richie. I don't think that we can say he's innocent in all of this. He's he's kind of the equal counterpart in the crazies. Uh, This episode is called "No Crazies on the Street." Ah, lots of crazies on the street. Sorry, Richie, you're one of them. You're one of the crazies. As a fan, what did you think of tonight's episode? How did how did it stack up to the rest? Uh, I I mean I dig this episode. I think it's uh, yeah it's kind of it, it finally takes some of the tension. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline and the culmination of all the things that have been leading up to uh, a lot of events unfolding and it finally reaches somewhat of a, a climax. So uh, I don't know. I think it's kind of like a, a relief for some people, especially the week before where I'm upstate and you're kind of like, I, I think a lot of people were like, what's going on? Why are they not battling already? Uh, we've been planting these seeds. Why are they not blooming yet? So I, I thought this week was a cool opportunity to see things kind of finally come to a head. We talked about that last week, that it was a little bit of the calm before the storm. Uh, And tonight, it really was a hell of a storm. So let's get into what happened with Richie. You know, he's going, uh, he's hanging out with his friend Hopkins, who just gets the short end of the stick every time here. Poor kid. Did we not see him dying from a million miles away? Yeah. We called it last episode. I mean, Sarah (laughs) knew this was happening. He could have gotten shot, like, in the side of the head. We don't know he's definitely dead. Right? Maybe. Uh, It looked pretty straight on to me. (laughs) He looked dead as dead could be. And even if it's just the side of the head, I still think that's the short end of the stick. The the poor kid, he just wants out and Richie won't let him. Why is it so important to Richie that he's not alone in this and that Hopkins has his back and sees this all through? What do we think? I mean, I think he's just losing faith in people having any kind of sense of loyalty or like he's got his own sense of codes and morals and ethics that he abides by and he really fully stands behind them and thinks he's right. I kind of think he's right. And and, um, uh, everybody else is kind of collapsing around him. So I think like the foundation that he stood on and the the beliefs that he had before they're, they're crumbling underneath him. And Hopkins is one of the last people uh, that was a part of his crew that he believed really would kind of uh, abide by the same code. And, and now he's also uh, falling by the wayside. So uh, it's a big deal. You know, he's got a strong bond with that dude. When you say you kind of think he's right, what do you mean? You think that the way he's handling the situation is similar to what you would do? 
<laughs> shanking people on the street and throwing them I, under a car. <laughs> he's more reactive than I am, obviously. You know what I mean? He, but, uh, uh, I mean, I think in the context of what's going on, uh, yeah. I mean, I, I really see Richie as one of the, like, the only, like, truly kind of redeeming characters in the show. But, you know, I'm, I'm biased because <laughs> I gotta find empathy for the dudes that I play. So, for, for me, that's what he is, though. You know, everybody else is kind of two-faced and, and uh, a part of some means of betrayal. So uh, I see him as the only dude that's really stuck to doing what he said he was going to do. Yeah, speaking of that, we see tonight Duffy has frickin' no loyalty, especially not to Terry. Uh, he calls, he sees Richie going into Hopkins' place, and he calls, uh, he calls Rusty immediately. Was anybody surprised by that? No, I knew that's what was gonna happen. I feel like Duffy so badly wants to be the man on the streets and wants to be respected by the guys on the streets, so he's gonna choose Rusty over Terry. I think Duffy's also an opportunist. And it, it, we, we've seen it kind of... How we started off the season with him uh, speaking with Sean about, hey, let's get a car, let's get some things going. And obviously that didn't perspire, and so now he's looking any which way he can. He'll play both sides until he sees a clear-cut winner, and then he'll side with that person. Right, right. I, I agree with that. Um, and I also think that Richie's getting betrayed by more than just Duffy uh, with the Cole from last week. And, I, oh. man, he gets his tonight. Mm-hmm. You weren't playing around there. This was no. like... I'm, and quick. <laughs> Get it out of the way so I can go enjoy the rest of the day. Right in the middle of the day, just, I <laughs> had a, how's it going, shank to the stomach and just rolling <laughs> under the car. When we were shooting that, I was wondering how they were going to make that play out. And then, you know, there was something that was, that was cut, which was that we, <laughs> we shot me following him for like a couple blocks before I did that. And we had a sequence where there was another guy who was walking towards me and we were crossing paths and uh, a a woman passes me and I turn around to check her out and as I turn around this guy shoulder bumps me and he's like hey man and I deck him twice in the face real quick and just drop this dude into a bunch of garbage cans and it made a ton of sound and uh, then Cole was not supposed to hear that and then I was sneaking up on him and uh, you know doing the deed but they probably got to the editing room and just said Man, I don't know how we're gonna cut this together in a way where Cole does not notice the dude getting knocked out fifty feet behind. Smart, smart. How much yeah. stuff gets left on the cutting room floor of the of the scenes that you've shot? Uh you know, only one full scene got cut out of the things that I shot, and that was really just kind of for the better. Or I think of the story at the end, at the end of the day. Ed is really like. The story's developing as the as we're shooting. So, you know, I think he'll have an idea early on sometimes and he'll be planting a seed for a payoff later. And then I, there was one scene that we shot real early on and as we headed towards the end of the season, I think he just realized, like, there's no payoff for that scene. So even though it was, like, a cool scene and we all really dug uh, what was happening in it, it just didn't make sense story-wise. So you got to condense it as much as you can to... Uh, adjust the commercials and all that jazz, but uh, not too much. Besides that one scene, you know, little snippets of other scenes, but nothing really major. 
there was nothing where I was like, man, I, I, yeah, what about this? Or I really wish that that, that would have made it and it didn't. It, it was really just that one scene and it, and it made more sense story-wise to not include it in the final product. Well, speaking of scenes, one of my favorite scenes that's been on this show so far is tonight when we do see uh, Rusty come in, guns a-blazing, after after he <laughs> shoots Hopkins, may he rest in peace, um, and comes and you guys are having that fight in the whole stairwell part of it all. Oh, my God, I thought you got, they did such an incredible job with this. I was, like, pretty cool. positive that somebody was going to die, if not both of you. Uh, and you, you know that's when somebody does a good job. I love yeah. Rusty, play, you know, the actor, plays him so sadistically well. And yeah. uh, that's what really, you know, kind of the introduction of him. Because we've seen Rusty do this now multiple times. And, uh, you know, for for it to go down the way it did, I, I like the change of pace, if you want to call it that. Right. Well, it was also cool having your character almost be, you know what's going on. You hear the gunshots. You, you know it's Rusty. You can't imagine it's anyone else. And you're just completely calm, getting dressed while, while this girl I'll just say this girl you know is screaming at you you're just gonna leave me here what are you doing and you just ignore her calmly walk out and then engage in this firefight like it's no big deal right yeah another another day at the office pretty badass <laughs> all right this girl that you just mentioned though Christina the the lady in red lucky yeah. lady for wearing red tonight what are the chances that we don't see her again? I, because I feel like she's going to come back in a big way. She leaves. That's obviously another loose end. Um, this show doesn't like loose ends. Do we think? What do we think is going to happen with her? She's got to come back because, like you just said, they don't like loose ends. We have not seen one character introduced to us that wasn't that we just never saw again. Mm -hmm. So somehow, I think she's going to play a part. Well, more so than that, Rusty know. doesn't like loose ends. Yeah, but he let her go. I think it's it's. I mean, he's literally. Um, I don't know. He, he he's a predator, and he's he, he's letting her go because he'll know he'll get her. I wonder if Richie would be uh, worried about her leaving as well, because it's not just Rusty that this woman's pissed at. She seems to be pretty angry with Richie in the end. There. Well, did she get her fifteen dollars? <laughs> Fair she price. Seven fifty. That half was hers. <laughs> uh, well, her friend gets nothing because her friend's dead. Yeah. yeah right. Exactly. <laughs> Again, poor. Which poor I thought choice. was weird. Why did she go up in the first place? If it's if it wasn't going to be like a threesome, like why was her? Because she's getting there? paid. Her friend. No. Well, yeah. First things first. Money. Right. She's just trying to get that money no matter what. Christina's trying to understand this world. Yeah. I don't get it. Well, speaking of trying to understand this world, you're very lucky because we have a special video that we'll be playing for you guys later. You'll have to stay tuned. But our our favorite prostitute on the show, <laughs> for, for Tim Katrina, uh, did a special video for us and for you After Buzz fans. So stay tuned for that. I didn't um, realize we ranked them. Well, I, yeah, I think so. She's my favorite prostitute on the show. I mean, Fair the rest enough. of them are either dead or we haven't met them yet, so... Aaron's agreeing. He's he's not in yes. She's your favorite prostitute, too. Yeah, absolutely. On that. Yeah. Oh, she's certainly Charlie's, Would so. it have been better if, if I had said she's my favorite fake school teacher, then it wouldn't have been relevant to the conversation, and no. it wouldn't help Christina learn the world. Exactly. Have to call her... Call it like it is. Uh, so, anyway, though, this woman does escape... And she is is running out, and I'm thinking, oh, God, 
the worst thing that can happen. I would almost rather you be shot right now because if somebody comes after you, you're going to get drowned in a freaking tub. Yeah. Or you're going to or something even worse is going to happen. Yeah, they got to keep on elevating his kills to something more ridiculous. So who knows what she'll get like taxidermied or something. Exactly. <laughs> Gunshot in the hallway doesn't seem close to as bad as what Rusty could and probably will do to her if he finds her. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm I'm worried for our girl. Speaking of uh, talking about Rusty, guys, all right, tonight he really, really, we've been thinking he's losing it for a while, but when we hear him with Kay tonight, I'm thinking, are you freaking kidding me? You're in love with her. You're jealous of this person from 20 years ago. You're not, not like a screw is loose. All of the screws, yeah. so loose. What did you think about that scene with Kay? Well, I think that... I have a feeling that's going to... I know it's early prediction, but whatever. I have a feeling that that's going to turn out... He seems so possessive of her now. And clearly, he's jealous of something that happened so long ago. And he killed O'Bannon out of jealousy. He told us that tonight. Um, I think that something's going to happen in the next... I mean, we have one episode left. So, in the next episode, where Kay is kind of stuck in his clutches, so to speak. I'm really more nervous about Kay, and I, I, it's unfortunate for her because uh, I, I think for the most part she's actually been with very similar men, right? Uh, O'Ban and, and, and him. But unlike, um, you know, her husband, he actually will protect her, and, I th- and, and it's very sad to think of it in that way I, for but her. But it's more of like a... The I protectiveness mean, is not in... It's a, in a possessive way, like he yeah. But that's what I'm saying. That's how that's how bad she's had it, and that's how weirdly she's been conditioned. Yeah. Wait, hold on, hold on. He'll protect her until he's angry and he kills her. You think that that this relationship could possibly end up well because anything she does, he's just going to protect her? No freaking way. If he finds out that she sees another guy, she's dead. Yeah. And okay, like, but, but at and least like Aaron just said, we're taxidermy, like bad things, bad deaths are going to happen to her. Well, he said he was going to push the guy off of a balcony and watch his brain splatter with pleasure or something tonight. I was like, okay. As an audience, do we think that Kay is aware that Rusty murdered her husband after tonight's speech? Or do we think she is so in the dark? Because she would have to be really blind to not have a hunch at this point. I think part of me wants to say she's just that clueless and she doesn't care. And part of me feels like she knows, but it was a better... She's almost happy that it happened because obviously O'Bannon was not good to her. And so it's almost a blessing in disguise to her maybe. And so she's like looking past it. I don't know. Aaron, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, I think she's oblivious. I think he's kind of, he's a relief. I think he's a relief to this, like, whatever, you know, it's like if you're in the middle of a storm, no matter what kind of comes and relieves you from that chaos, I think is uh, refreshing no matter what. I think he's kind of like methadone, you know? It's like <laughs> one terrible thing, and then he comes in and he's like another really bad thing, and she just doesn't recognize it yet. It's like a temporary fleeting thing, but it's going to be... Yeah, I don't think she knows. I don't think she knows. I think she's too damaged to recognize uh, what's obvious to most people. So let me ask you guys then, if we think she doesn't know when, I'm not even going to say if she finds out, when she finds out, because it seems inevitable at this point, will she not 
want to be with him? Will she not want to be with Rusty? No, I think she'll still be with him. Even if she knows that he murdered her husband. Yeah. Oof. What does that say about how we feel about Kay? That's what I'm saying. I think Kay is, you know, if you had the... I think she's more uh, distraught than Rusty is in the head. Because, you know, the the way she was um, so sad about her husband, despite Sean being like, he was actually a bad dude. Like... You should actually be happy, and 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 now she's going from one relationship to this. Um, when, when as soon as he picks up the phone, right, and she's in bed, that should send you something. Like you should understand, like what he's gonna do, whether or not you know, like the players involved. He's not going out to get you flowers. Yeah, Christina had an observation about that bed scene, which I don't know if we're positive about, but what Kay was wearing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Teresa's red slip, right, Aaron? Um, yeah, I think, I'm not positive either, but I think so. Oh, it's just Gross. about the creepiest thing I've ever... He probably gave it to her, honey, I bought you something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. Do you think that... I murdered someone for this dress for you. (laughs) Have they slept together at this point then when she's in the slip? Or are they going to sleep together but then he leaves? Or are they just gearing up for round two and then he leaves? I'm thinking she's smoking a cigarette. It's probably afterwards. Yeah, he's too calm not to, like, (laughs) have anything have happened. Like, he's just very, yeah, I'm resting at this point. Yeah, it feels post-portal. <laughs> I, I have to agree. So she she's sitting there telling everybody else that they're just friends. Um, now we see that they've slept together. Uh, any thoughts on whether she's going to be open and honest with people? Or is she going to keep this a secret because she's embarrassed or because she doesn't, she just doesn't want people to know? I think she just doesn't want to prove everyone right. Because even Ina said... It never ends there. She, when she's like, oh, it was just a phone call, and Ina's like, well, it never ends there with you. So I think she just doesn't want to prove her right, so she probably won't tell her. What happens if Richie finds out about Kay? And Richie finds out that Kay is the only person that Rusty seems to care about. That's a, big That's a good heel. question. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. That's certainly going to pull in Sean, though. Yeah, yeah, that what? absolutely would. Because he would have yeah. he would have a problem with that. I mean, yeah. from both sides, obviously, he doesn't want his mom dead, but at the same time, no way Rusty's mm-hmm. anywhere near Kay. It's it's not the exact equivalent, but if if uh, Rusty can go after Teresa, then I feel like Kay is fair game to Richie. I think anyone's fair game to Richie. Yeah. Yeah, but again, I th- I think. Like I, for me, Rusty is a much more irrational psycho. I think it's like like that stuff you were saying before about him harboring thoughts about the relationship and with Kay for years and all those things. It's like I I haven't ever felt that way about Richie. It's like is he is his sentiment exaggerated and more than what a normal person's would be? Yeah, but it's not. I don't think it's different. You know what I'm saying? I just think that like. His actions are are more intense. What about that right. moment tonight where he turns to Hopkins and kind of says that he was crushing on Sarah? That was a little irrational. Yeah, but look, I, the way that I saw it is, it's like even if people aren't saying something, you start to get a get a sense of how somebody is feeling, even if they're not saying it. And I think that Richie is just 
at that point, he's starting to get a sense of Hopkins' sentiments about, like, maybe it hasn't been said yet, but he's starting to, like, recognize his hesitation. There's that scene where he's like, look, I found out who did it. Let's go talk to these guys. Hopkins has a card game to play in. You know, it's like there's been little signs everywhere where I think he's starting to go, what's up with this guy? And so I think he's just taking jabs. You know, I don't think it's irrational. I think it's one of those things where it's like they haven't spoken about the fact that they have beef, but he feels it. And so it's like maybe he's saying something that's like a little bit of a dickhead thing to say, but uh, uh, I think it's in response to something. We kind of saw a lot of that this episode, either saying dickhead things or testing out different people. Uh, and it's not just happening with you guys, the rogues. It's also happening with the cops and our, our team cop. Uh, we hear every week, everybody's making money and nobody's getting hurt. I'm calling BS on that second part because, uh, you know, people are getting hurt all over. But everybody's making money. Yeah, tonight we're rolling in the green. We see where the money is going and what that gym bag is for. Uh, and I, I thought it was really cool. We're kind of getting down to the bottom of this. We're on the inner circle now. We, we know where all this money's coming from and, and where it's going to. Well, Phil, do you know that there is a way that you can make money and not get hurt. <laughs> That's right, fans. If you want uh, if you want the legal way to make money, DraftKings is your answer. Go to DraftKings.com. What is DraftKings? If you don't know what DraftKings is, you're living under a rock. But um, it's fantasy football. And no, it's not the boring long season commitment where after week two you're like, oh, half my players are injured. I'm already whatever behind eight jillion points. No, this is every week. There's, there's another chance to win. And it's only available on DraftKings.com. And if you type in the promo code BUZZ, B-U-Z-Z, uh, you, you get a chance to play for a million bucks every single week. But you got to go. It sounds like a much better alternative to uh, getting my face shot off uh, by trying to make money. So I, I think I'm in. I, yeah. think, I think we should teach these public morals guys about DraftKings. That's right. Go, yeah, go back so Aaron, die. you can go, you know, if you had Odell Beckham on your... Uh, team last week and now there's questions is he coming back you can go and pick a different wide receiver for the following week and get a new chance at a million dollars I like it <laughs> alright so they are they're running around they're they're making money they're distributing all the money and when they're doing this they need to make sure that everybody is on the same team everybody's on the same page so we're testing the waters tonight we start with Sean uh, and I loved what Terry did. Terry goes to his buddy Charlie. We don't know this beforehand, obviously. And he he's like, "Yo, I got." I, he hesitated too long. I needed to see how he's feeling about it. So we've got that conversation. Charlie's kind of poking fun. Terry's standing up for Sean, and then we find out that they they set it all up. Genius. Yeah, I I love this scene. Um, do we think Sean really did learn his lesson? Do you think he feels bad, and next time he won't hesitate? Yeah, I think. There's a chance that he learned his lesson, and next time he might be trigger happy. Mm. I think we're setting something up because you know we haven't seen Sean that much. Last time that I remember really seeing him was when he uh, smashed the car, you know, with with, um, with Deirdre. Deirdre, and and so I think they're setting up something for next episode where he's gonna be in the same, if not similar, position, and he better act, otherwise, you know, the result might not be the same. Is there a chance? This is a 
another prediction, but is there a chance Deirdre somehow gets pulled back into this mess because of now now Duffy has kind of gotten himself on the bad side of the cops, even though they may not know it just yet. Is there a chance that they find out that Duffy's the one that told, or that knew Richie was here and told Rusty and all of that, and Deirdre gets pulled into it, and then Sean has to maybe shoot someone because they have Deirdre? I don't know. I don't know, but I, I don't trust that Sean is in a good place right now. He'll either try to overcompensate and get trigger happy, like you said, or he will hesitate too long. I can't tell which of these cops I do fully trust. I, uh, do you none guys? None of them. None of them. Aaron, well, which, they, they, they're oh, not good. But go ahead. I, yeah. I want to know from him which of these which of these cops do you think is actually working with the rest of them, and who do you think is you know not to be trusted? Uh, yeah, I think they're all probably a little shysty. Obviously, nobody really knows what's going on with Shay, so he's a big mystery. Um, so he's still kind of in a feeling out period. Uh, I'm not really sure what is going on with uh, Latucci. I, but I, for me, like, I think, like, his vibe to me, I guess, if I was feeling somebody out, that's the dude I would at least, like, I think maybe something's up with him with, like, money and he, like, handles finances and some other things wrong. But I think when it comes down to it, when it comes down to more important things, when things are higher stakes and they matter more and or, or it's, like, kind of survival mode, I, I probably trust his character uh, more than the rest. You mentioned that Shea is a wild card. I, I definitely agree, but which side of the chips do we think he's falling on? We we here have talked about maybe he's a plant. Um, you know, maybe he, it's not actually he's not actually a good guy. Maybe he's trying to get some dirt on them. I know his dad has been involved for a while with the the captain, but I don't know. We don't know if we trust him. Yeah, I. I feel like there's no way he's just a good guy. That that would be pointless for his storyline because they've been kind of hinting at that this whole the whole season that they don't really know what's up with him. And I think something's gonna come up where I don't know. Maybe he's trying to expose the all the corruption going on in plain clothes. I mean, that's certainly a part of it. I thought, you know, the most interesting part to me, and it was a great scene, was when Terry tested him of, you ever, you ever, when was the last time you would have been in a bar fight? Mm-hmm. Never. What do you mean, never? Phil, what do you think they were trying to show us with that scene? Because obviously we hear that he can take a hit, and we see him get up, but then we see him almost excited to get hit. What, what do you think they're trying to tell us? Uh, by him excited to take a hit? Yeah. <sighs> you know, I... I think, I mean, it, it, you could look at it one of a couple of ways. Um, that he's excited that he's kind of in some weird way being accepted into this world, being accepted by them. And if, you know, if, if fighting is the means to enter it, then so be it. I don't know. Christina and I were really uh, not confused on this part, but like, guys are weird. You guys are <laughs> This is like something that women don't sit around and do. This would never, ever occur. You guys have pillow fights. Yeah. Uh, that's not even well, what I would say. We have long, drawn out, like, it, yeah, yeah. Arguments. Guys will just settle it real quick sometimes. It was. It really is bizarre. I, I mean, can you picture any girls being like, yes, let's just take this outside and kind of for fun fight. See how it goes. <laughs> what, Roxy, you've never been in a fight? Come on, let's go. And then after we fight, you know, Christina and I fist fight, and then I'm like, you're pretty cool, I'll buy you a drink. What? <laughs> 
Yeah. Is, is this just a dude thing? Like, has this happened to you guys? I, I, I think throughout history, there's so many examples of, of just kind of that ideology. All right. He, Aaron's nodding, yes, like, this happened to me the other day. I went and, yeah, my buddies and I had the bar, of course. Not the other day, but definitely as a, a rite of passage, I guess. Yeah, I, I definitely had moments like that. Um, so Ed took you out in the alley and showed you how to fight? <laughs> I don't know. Not Ed. Definitely not Ed. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think it's like a... It's unknown to you, right? But if you had the experience of it, you might feel different about it you know if you actually went through it I don't know you might feel a little bit different there's adrenaline and endorphins and then there's that whole thing of like having an idea of something having a fear of something and then not worrying about that fear facing it head on and then getting through the other side and realizing you're you're not dead you're fine That's really and it's a really it's an extreme version of that I also think it's no different than uh, here's something that you guys could probably relate to a little bit more like you know, you're not necessarily friends with somebody, and then let's say, you know, and you could have known him for years, and then all of a sudden you have one night of drinking, and it's like the best adventure of your life, and then all of a sudden that bond is inseparable, whether or not you guys actually hang out afterwards ever again. <laughs> I, I just think, you know, this is something I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to leave to you guys. Fair have, but I, I did really, really enjoy the scene. Even though I don't fully understand the practice, I really enjoyed it because... I feel like finally we're taking Shay under our wing. I, I, f- I felt bad for the kid a little bit. And surprisingly but, enough, him getting punched made me feel less bad for him. <laughs> so. You roller coaster? Yeah, uh huh. It's kind of like the same, it's like the same deal, I think. It's like a lot of the same logic. So of like, instead of uh, paying for my, my Disney annual pass, I should just pay one of my friends to sock me in the face every couple of weeks, no? What about Fight Club? When you saw Fight Club, you didn't get it. No, I get it. I, I mean, I, it, again... First rule, you don't ever talk about Fight Club. <laughs> I broke the rule. Fair, fair enough. Come on, Aaron. It's a good point. It's a good point. <laughs> I'm glad there are no rules like that in public morals so we can continue <laughs> to talk about it. Uh, I, let's move on a little bit to... We, we did mention him briefly, but Vince. So I'm not completely trusting him either. We hear somebody's getting fired. He thinks it's going to be him because Captain and Lieutenant have had issues with him. Uh, and now he's going into some really, really murky water. He hooks up with Bernadette tonight. She grabs his face. Now, not only do I not trust Vince, but we definitely don't trust Bernadette. No. What's her motive here? Well, we know it's something something shady because I at least for me I when she looked at um Sergio is that what his name was mm-hmm. um, Moose's son after Moose's son overheard them talking it was kind of like a like I know like we we both know something kind of a thing I don't know I, I just got a weird vibe from that look that she's definitely trying to play him we just don't know why yet? Here's the the crappy part to say. In this world, the only real power that women have is the lure of men, and she's using it to her advantage. What? Of course, Phil brings that. I'm out. sorry. <laughs> it's this world. It's not. It's, I, I I can't even acknowledge that because I completely disagree with it. And you know, we'll get in a fight. But st- uh, I'll I'll try to say something for Anna Koppel, our other co-host, um, because she would have hated that comment. Oh yeah. Uh, but you know, I, I just think that 
she might have been on to something when a couple of weeks ago she predicted that Bernadette's trying to kill Vince and that by the end of this season he he might meet his maker because she very quickly went from not wanting to sleep with him to aggressively attempting to once he pulled away. Oh, do we think that that could be it? Is she trying to kill him for for Moose or for something? Or wh- what are our thoughts? I don't know if she's trying to kill him because I can't see what she would gain from that. Uh, Aaron, what do you know that we don't know that you have that? He has that smile going on. It's like, I know something. I got nothing for you on that one. I don't know. I, re- I really don't know what's going on. I don't know what her incentive and, and motivation is. I don't know. But you agree <laughs> You agree that she's trying to play him in some way? Not necessarily. I don't know. So you no. think she really just is mad because he doesn't want her anymore, so she's trying to get him back? That can happen with women sometimes. With people in general. Yeah, that can happen, yeah, everybody, right? I don't know, like irrational love. I don't know. Yeah, she just might be heavy, heavy into him and, and being weird about it. Maybe. <laughs> All right. Maybe. Well, because right? Ed would totally write that. You know, Bernadette's just going to be heavy into him and act <laughs> weird about it. Let's just throw that scene in there. Ed's the master of romantic family comedy, so it's very possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, she does. She gets what she wants, but she does it very aggressively. She grabs his face and leans in. Uh, he pulls away for a quick second, but then goes right back in. Did you guys think when he pulled away there that this he could start yelling at her? Or what were you guys feeling in that moment? I thought he was going to stand strong and and back away and be like, you know, no, I told you I can't do this. And then really shut her down. But hmm. I should have known. It's He's not what happened. Yeah, it's not what happened. Uh, it could be a change of tactics. It's like that, that little scene earlier when she calls him and, like, he can't talk to her. He doesn't want to talk to her. So, you know, she might just be kind of changing tactics to get what she wants. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Smart lady. Smart. Okay, so uh, then after all this, Moose is clearly not pleased. He doesn't want Vince involved with his with his dear Bernadette. Uh, comes in, makes a huge scene at this restaurant, and is like, I'm done. I'm not dealing with you anymore. So Vince not only is being questioned by the cops for being in bed with Moose, but now Moose doesn't even want to work with him. So he gets double screwed in tonight's episode. Where does this leave us? Do we think he is going to be the one that's got to get fired? Or or what are we thinking? I feel like it's going to be someone else just because Vince is kind of the low-hanging fruit right now. Um, I think it's going to... I don't know. I, I don't think it is him right now, but I think it will be him and someone else, only because now it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. Where mm. it's like, fine, you ex- you expect me to do this, this, and that. You think I'm going to mess this, this, and this up? Fine, maybe I will. And then it's like, well, dude, now you did. Yeah. So now we have to let you go. We weren't. I could see it. I could see it. It's kind of like why he starts hooking up with her. He's like, if everybody thinks that we are, we might as freaking well be. Yeah. So I, I, there's a lot to look forward to in that storyline. Another story that I'm really liking right now is Christine. I, I'm, I'm loving watching her whenever she's on with her kids tonight or even with Ina house shopping. Uh, God, Ed's going to get so freaking pissed at her when she decides to finally move. But I, I thought that it was great. Her painting the picture for her kids, them so wanting sweet. it so bad. It reminded me of like Peter Pan in that moment. 
I don't know, with the children all snuggled up in bed and, and dreaming about something. It was a really, really cool scene. And, and juxtaposed with the rest of the frickin' episode where everybody's getting shot and, and screamed at and money, whatever. It was so innocent to yeah. me. But do you think, okay, it was innocent, but do you, I think it was a little bit manipulative because she obviously got everyone's kind of hopes up and it's like now if Terry doesn't want to do this, then it's like he's the bad guy. Mm. And we know he's not, you know, he's not father of the year, with the exception of the next, next tickets. But he's she, always been that. There's always, I feel like, in a mother-father, you know, the two of them, one of them is the enforcer, one of them is the softie. And clearly Ed's the enforcer, so he already is seen as the bad guy. But this is an extreme case. This is like, you took away the world, you know? I think she's just trying to paint a beautiful picture for them, uh, which we see again tonight with Stacy, who's trying to paint a beautiful picture of something a little unrealistic for her mom. Uh, Stacy claims that she has a very handsome cop boyfriend, uh, really screws herself in this lie, and calls Charlie to come save her. All right, uh, Charlie, now's the time where you put your foot down. If it wasn't before, when she asks you to be her frickin' pimp, or you offer. Sorry, she didn't even ask. Yeah. I don't know what to make of this. He goes. He goes to the whole thing. He spends all night with the frickin' family. Uh, were you guys as baffled as I was? No. no, I think he's always liked her, and uh, and and we. I've always, you know, I don't know if I shared this with the panel, but I, I always knew um, he he kind of had feelings. He was always weird because he didn't have the wife. Um, so this just made sense to me. What do you, Aaron? How do you feel about this whole storyline and that he is the one cop that we know Terry fully trusts, and we feel we hear him tonight straight up lie to Terry about who was on the phone. He is denying this relationship. Yeah, I, I, again, I think love will do that. Love conquers all, man. He's just caught up. I think he's just been into it from the very beginning. He's been trying to kind of fight those urges, and uh, he can't get past it. And and um, Unfortunately for him, in a way, uh, she's also in pursuit. I think maybe, maybe if like if it was one sided, he'd maybe stand a chance. But uh, she makes one phone call. You know, she she shows a little bit of an intention, and he's right back on board heavily. So I I anticipate the moment where she starts to be even more proactive, he's going to be done. It's going to be a wrap for him. He's just going to be so caught up that that storyline for him, his relationship with her is going to probably take priority over everything. If that does happen, what does that leave for the fate of his character? Will he end up dead? Will he end up off the force? Will he end up full-time pimping people out? Like, what, what will it mean? And what will it mean for her? Will she stop being a prostitute? Yeah, I mean, it might it might mean you know it, it might mean he needs to start practicing what he preaches a little bit. He might start to question again. These are all guesses on mine. I have no idea, but I don't know. Maybe he starts to guess, uh, second guess a little bit more about his participation in kind of shadier activities since he's trying to tell her that she shouldn't be doing it. Maybe he wants to become a little bit more legitimate because he sees a future with her. I don't know. I don't know. I think he sees this kind of idealistic future with her. And tonight, that kiss at the end of the night, I think, really put it in his mind that this could actually happen. Hmm. It's interesting. I'm I'm worried about him. I'm definitely worried. His poor little heartstrings are going to get pulled on until something breaks. Right. Yeah. It could yeah, be. I, I love mess. how the mother pointed out, like you're, you're closer to my age than you are to her. And 
Well, I felt like the mom was flirting with him. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Straight yeah. up. For sure. Like mother, like daughter, I guess. Kind of, kind of a weird thing. Well, anyway, Aaron, thank you so much for joining us tonight, and I love hearing your thoughts on the show. I'm, I'm glad to hear you're enjoying it as much as we are. For sure. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. If the people want to keep in touch with you and, and talk Angry. to you all things public morals, where can they where can they follow you? Where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Aaron Dean Eisenberg, my full name, and then my Twitter is I think I am Aaron. But you're not positive. I'm not positive. I, that, yeah, I'm still figuring it out. I started Twitter like a month and a half ago, so I'm still a little confused. I, I think that some fan needs to make a I think I am Richie account to to battle that. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you again, Aaron D. Eisenberg. I'm really glad you got to call in and talk to us all things public morals, and we hope to hear from you soon next season for season two. Uh, you know it for sure. Hmm. Hang loose, hang loose. All right, guys, like we promised at the top of this episode, we have a, a really cool video that we're going to roll in for you from Katrina, who was nice enough uh, to send us just for you guys, the After Buzz Public Morals fans. So whenever we can pull that up, I really appreciate it. Um, I tried not to spoil it too much for myself, so I don't even know if I know the answers to some of her questions that we asked her. I will say this as, as we're pulling it up. Um, you know, it's one of those things that the questions were written uh, after having viewed last week's episode. So had we seen this episode, I would have slightly revised the questions um, and, you know, done it in that way. So, but anyway. All right, take here it away. Is, here is Here is Katrina. Hi, AfterBuzz TV Public Morals fans. First and foremost, thank you for watching and supporting this amazing show from TNT and, of course, Ed Burns. Can you pull up the video, too, James? I couldn't make it out to L.A. to uh, shoot in the studio, so the AfterBuzz host sent me some questions to answer this way. Okay, so here's question one. From Fortune's perspective, what does she think the reason is for Charlie helping her? I think at this point in the series, she... She knows that he really likes her. Um, I think in the very beginning, she, like in the in the pilot episode when she said she'd never been arrested before, I think she was lying. I think maybe she had come close to being arrested before, and she kind of used her manipulative ways to get out of it. And I think she knew. Um, I think she kind of honed in on him and kind of thought that maybe he would let her go or might have a soft spot for her, and she was right. And so I think that's kind of how it started. And then um, she realized that he was actually a really sweet guy and, and really caring. And it, uh, the relationship between them sort of progressed a little bit more. Uh, so I think she really thinks that he wants to help her and wants to protect her. She's so sweet. Uh, question two. What's my favorite storyline on the show as a fan? Uh, other than mine. Um, my favorite storyline, I think, um, is the storyline between Rusty and Kane. Um, the two bad guys uh, kind of going after each other. Um, they're both kind of, they're, they're both psychos. And uh, I think it's really fun to watch bad guy psychos go head to head. Uh, question three. What scene was my favorite to film? Uh, my favorite scene to film is 
in the last episode of the season, which airs next week in the two-hour finale, um, I can't really say much about it. Um, but uh, we, we, we did it all in one take, which was really, really, really cool um, as an actor to do that. And um, it's a scene between Fortune and Charlie Bowman, and um, it's a very important scene between the two of them. Thanks again for watching Public Morals on TNT, Tuesdays at 10 p.m. And follow me and continue to support me at Katrina K. Bowden on all my social media handles. Buzz you later, After Buzzers. Buzz you later, Katrina. <laughs> um, thank you so much to her for, for doing it. I'm so glad that she got to answer those questions. Really interesting and leading us into predictions about one of her responses. Uh, and now, you're after Buzz TV. She thinks that her character is lying about never having been arrested before, which... It's got to lead to some predictions for us. If the actress thinks so, then I'm inclined to believe it. Uh, I wonder if she ends up getting in trouble uh, or getting getting Charlie in trouble because she has a tendency to get arrested. Um, you know, Charlie could get caught and he could also get arrested. He's not exempt. Or maybe she's done this to Many people. a guy before. Maybe. What do you guys think as far as predictions go for our two-hour uh, series finale? I, this isn't a prediction, but I am excited when Patton says, you know, they're, no, they're a fair game. Go! Yeah. Now we have a war. No longer a battle, a skirmish. Now, we have a yeah, war. Now I'm just wondering, are all of Patton's men going to go after Rusty, too? And uh, like, Maybe there's Richie, a reward. Is Richie not going to get the satisfaction of killing him himself? I don't know, but we're almost at the end. That's what we hear. And we're almost at the end of our after show. Uh, quick plugs for the next two episodes that we are doing. So the two-hour finale. Uh, we will be taping two shows, and we will be talking to Brian, who plays Shay, and we'll also be talking to Ed Burns, who is the creator, and also Terry. Uh, so that's really exciting. I hope you guys, you fans, are as excited as we are. And if you want to ask them questions, we'd be happy to ask them for you. Just tweet at us uh, at AfterBuzzTV, or you can find Christina Kaplan at Tina Cap on Instagram or Twitter. And Phil Speedtech, you can find it after Buzz TV. That's right. Hashtag Public Morals. <laughs> Hashtag Public Morals. Uh, and you guys can find me at Roxy Stryer, or you can find me here talking about Public Morals next week, uh, Thursday. Twice. Yeah, twice. Well, yeah, we'll be we'll be doing it twice. I'm so so excited for those the two hour finale, and also a little nervous. And I'm excited yes. to have Anna. Yeah, uh, Anna didn't make today's episode because we taped a little bit earlier. You can yeah. find her at K O P P E L F O R M A Y O R, and I'm sure she would love to hear from you guys. In fact, she's texting me as we speak about uh, how much she loves the show and how she wishes she was with us tonight. So I'm sure she'll be back next week with us. Uh, we can't wait till then. See you next time. Bye. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.